Amen. Amen. It's been a while, right? I'm back on stage. Amen. Hold it. Amen. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers, mother-like figures. It is our day to celebrate and no one can take it from us. Amen. 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 So Cassidy called me like she always does because she knows that she texts me. I may not respond right away. She knows me too well. And she said, will you speak on Mother's Day? And I said, sure, why not? And she goes, I want you to talk about what it's like to be a first time mother. And I was like, I can go on and on and on. There's a lot to say and then nothing to say at the same time. But um, it is a privilege to be a mom. It is privilege that I'm able to share this journey with my mother, with my husband, with my church family, my spiritual mother, my spiritual dad, with my father. And for that, I don't take for granted, amen. So being a first time mom, I try to do like Bible study work, right? Where does the word mother come from? I'm Googling it. Where does it originate from? Is it Latin, is it Greek? Who came up with the word mother? And I didn't really get much. It was just like, you know, mom is mom and it's been here forever since the dawn of day. And so I'm like, okay, that didn't really help. Right, from the very beginning, right? The word mom has just always been there. So then I'm like, all right, what equips someone to be a mother? Hmm. So I thought about all of my education I had in my life, right? If I had a resume of what motherhood looked like, it's like, okay, I have a bachelor's degree in psychology, a master's in psychology, certification in behavior science, and I'm certified in childhood development. I got this in the bag, right? Six years experience working with kids. You can't beat that. And then I have a kid of my own. If she could, would laugh in my face and throw out that resume. Cause she did nothing by the books, not one thing. And I said, Jesus, if I was born in 1950, I don't know what to do, but thank God we got Google, right? Amen. Having access to information at the touch of my hand because I'm like, is this normal? Do every kid do this? It's like always questioning if you're doing the right thing and wondering that if I'm taking the right steps. And I have to remember that I cannot lean on to my own understanding. I have to lean on to him and remember that he gave Nia to me to raise. He didn't give anybody else because he thought I was equipped to raise her. And so all I can do is take it day by day because motherhood is heavy for many days. Motherhood is probably the first hood I have ever visited in my life. And it will be the last hood I will ever visit in my life. Okay, because it's scary enough. For many of you who've been to the hood, it's like you start in a nice neighborhood, you think everything's great, you know, you think you got it, the baby's sleeping, she's eating. I got this. And then bam. The neighborhood don't look nice anymore. I don't know where I turned or what went wrong, but it's like, hmm, okay. They didn't tell me it was gonna be like this. Instagram made it look real pretty, right? Everyone's laughing, smiling, oh, everyone's giddy. And then the child's just not giddy and it's just crying. And there was many days where I just looked at Derek and Derek looked at me and we just like, we don't know what we're gonna do, but we're gonna survive the night, all right? And that is what motherhood has looked like for me, surviving the night, surviving the day. But it is an incredible work. 
If there is an important ministry that God has put in place, it's my family. It is being a mom. It starts at home. Because I think I can speak for many mothers, maybe not everyone. We all have a dream for our kid, what we want them to do. And I already started with my own vision board for her. She's going to attend this college. And she's going to join my sorority. And she's going to do this. And she's going to do that. And God had to tap me on my shoulder and said, ma'am, that's not what you're responsible for. I already have a destiny for your daughter. And it is your job to guide her into the path that I want her to walk. And that is hard, right? Because sometimes, you know, I play a little bit, you know, music for her, some John Coltrane. I was telling Dee about it. The baby was not impressed with the jazz. She just kept looking at me like, what is this? Let's go back to Shaka Khan or something else I was playing on the radio. Because she didn't care about no John Coltrane. Broke my heart a little bit, but I might be a little bit persistent. Just a little bit, just a little bit persistent. Maybe we need to play some Miles Davis. Maybe you just gotta find a different, a different um, jazz player that she'll be interested in. But it is being able to admire the mothers before you and realize that this is hard. And as a child, you may not have been grateful, but being an adult with my own daughter, I am grateful for everything my mom has done. I am grateful for all the women in my life who are like mothers for me for what they have done because it's hard. It's those late nights, it's those early mornings, it's those pumping three hours around the clock for the breast milk. And now that there's a formula shortage, I said, Jesus help me, All right? How much more milk can I produce? The baby's sucking me dry, but, <laughs> but it's seeing the smile on her face that makes it worth it. It's hearing her laughter is just seeing her progress through each milestone. And I say, okay, God, we got this. Because there's been some nights where, you know, I sprayed the little melatonin spray, a little lavender, maybe she'll go to sleep. And there's other nights where give me the holy oil. We're going to just bless this house. We're going to bust the crib. We're going to bust the bed. Let the baby go to sleep, God, please, 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 please. And I think Mr. Candace played all the right songs because the goodness of God, that's all I kept playing. Right, your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Right, I kept singing that day and night, night and day, because I needed to hear that, right? Over and over again, I'm like, okay, God, you're running after me, because I'm running after sleep, and somebody got to catch up. Somebody got to catch up. And it's holding on to his words, and Philippians 1.6, you know, God said, I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ, when he returns. And I had to remember that this is the path God had put me on, which is the path of motherhood. And it's not a path to just take lightly or it's not a path that's meant to be endured alone. You gotta reach out, you gotta ask for help. And I think this is the first time in a long time I have said yes to everything everyone has ever offered me. Can I cook for you? Yes. Can I send you something? Yes. Can I hold the baby? Yes. Can I do your laundry? Absolutely, yes. I don't think I've said no since December 24th when she was born, okay? If you said you want to come over for, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Because I am not meant to do this by myself. Even with my partner, it truly takes a village and many hands. 
you can ask Pastor D. I will text her. Can I bring Nia an extra day, a Thursday? Yes. Okay, great. Here you go. Because I need to sleep. I need rest. It's realizing that everyone's path and journey to motherhood looks different. No one can mother better than the mother of their own child. And I have come across with so much advice. And in the beginning, I was very like, no, reluctant, maybe a little bit agitated. My mother may talk about it when she comes up. Um, a little bit forceful with the no. And then I learned to say, you know what? I'll think about it. I'm still going to do it my way, but you know what? I'll think about it. I'll consider it because I have spent around the clock with Nia. I know what she likes, what she doesn't like. I see things that made her smile and don't make her smile. Lord have mercy. <laughs> I see things of when she gets silent because she's watching someone very intently and in what they're doing. And so I'm just trying to mold her into be the person she is designed to be. I'm trying to expose things to her that I think would interest her. She looks to be interested in nature, then we're gonna sit outside and go to the park, even though I don't like being in the sun. But if she enjoys it, I will enjoy it, right? If it means that she wants to play with blocks at the library and knock it down till it's time to go, then we're gonna play with blocks and knock it down because this is the path God has dealt with me. And being a mom also means that some of your hurt and your past trauma gets exposed. And that's tough too, because you're trying to raise a child and now you got to do a work in you to kind of treat whatever thing that you may not want to treat. You know, for a long time, I've been running away from things I didn't want to deal with, didn't want to talk about, still don't want to deal with, still don't talk about. But I have to be aware because those are things that can be inherently passed down, right? Generational trauma, generational patterns, whether you mean to or don't mean to, can be passed down to your, your loved one or to your child. And so I realized that this is not just about raising Nia, but also raising something in myself, right? Uncovering the ugly truth about myself and what I want to do different and how I want to do things differently. And that's not easy because being a mom is a full-time job with no time off, with no pay, no pay leave. Forget what the state gives you, that's nothing. And so it's constantly juggling multiple things at once. And so it's just a daily lesson and a learning curve. And I believe many moms who already been through this, who are probably happy that they're done with this and like, thank God I got grown kids. <laughs> They're holding my hand tight because, well, no, Ooh. they're not done. Well, then that does not give me much hope then, does it, right? <laughs> when does this end? No, never? I guess not. I guess not. See, now I just learned something new. I'm going to have to keep on working. It never ends. It never ends. I get more time off. Amen. I'll take that. I take that. But what I'm learning is that what had may work yesterday for her may not work tomorrow. And it's easier for me to learn to be flexible. I think that's one thing I realized that I was not flexible. Maybe people around me were like, we knew that. But I guess I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that. You know, because I'm thinking this is the schedule. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. I think by the time she was week five, I said, forget the schedule. Okay. What do you want to do, baby? You want to sleep? All right. We're going to sleep. You want to wake up? All right. We're going to wake up. You want to eat? Great. Here's your bottle. No worries. I have learned to throw everything out and do what works for her because she has only been in this world for five months. I've been in this world for 30 something years. 
And, <laughs> and so I can be flexible because I've already learned what it is to live on the outside and she's still learning. You know, one advice that someone gave me was like, don't pick her up too much. You know, you're gonna spoil the baby. And I was like, mm, okay, thank you for the advice. I'm gonna pick her up, right? And I said to myself, can you imagine if God treated us like that? If every time we were crying and we asked him to pick us up and he said, mm, I don't wanna spoil you, no, it's okay. You did that to your pastor, I'm sorry. Maybe he picked you up too many times, I don't know, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> oh, pastor gotta talk to Jesus about that one, I'm gonna go this way. But I know he hasn't said that to me, right? I know that when I've cried out, raised my hand like a little child, he has always picked me up. Because he reminds us in the, in the word that, you know, come to me all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so the times where Nia needs me to pick her up, I remember that. She's coming to me because she is weary, because she's burdened. I know you're thinking five months old, what are you burdened with? A lot. A lot is happening. You're growing rapidly. You don't know what's going on. You're starting to see more things. Things, Everything is just new to you. And that can be rough. And so if she wants me to pick her up 3 a.m. at night, then guess what? We're going to pick up and we're going to walk around the room until she's ready to go back and rest. And if some nights we just got to sleep together, and then you know what? Some nights we just got to sleep together because I got work. <laughs> the world don't stop. The world doesn't stop. So if we're just together, then we're cuddling together. But I appreciate for each and every moment because Amen. this too shall pass. Amen. This is not going to last forever. Amen. She is eventually going to become a five-year-old who may not want mom to hug her anymore. Or she may kick me out of her room. She already kicks me out when I drop her off at Dee's house. By the time Dee gets to her, she's saying, bye-bye, go away, I'm done, see you at five. And I'm like, wow, how quickly that happened. <laughs> how quickly does that happen? And so I remember to just hold on to the good parts. Even though not every part of motherhood is glamorous, even though I may not always look glamorous when I walk in through the door, I'm taking each moment for what it's worth because she is worth it. She is my purpose, and that's what Nia stands for, which is purpose. And God has a purpose in her, and God wants to do something with her. What it is, I don't know, but I'm excited to see what he has in store for her. And there's no better way to end this moment than with a little video of my Nia to share with you guys. Amen. Beautiful, beautiful. And I, I just want to say, um, Minister Katz, in the beginning when I asked you, <laughs> I said, I know you got it. <laughs> I know you got it. Because God always pours into you, always pours a word of encouragement, a word of strength. And that word is good. I'm sure, I'm certain. Katz is too much. I'm going to throw that tablet somewhere. <laughs> so it was really encouraging because others need to know that we are doing what God called us to do and that the child should be raised as God intended, how they bent 
not pouring in just us and what we want, but what God wants. Amen? So as you heard, we have a first, well, not a first time, but we have a grandmother that will be coming in to speak, Sister Marie Lewis. Well, you know, Sister G by now, I only, Sister G can already just write to have the mother and the grandmother. So, you know, so, but first I want to say happy Mother's Day to all the women of God yes. in yes. the sanctuary yes. and in Zoom land. <laughs> because all of you, whether you are mothers, bio biological mothers, whether you're spiritual mothers, whether you're mothers through adoption, friend, you are all mothers according to God's book. And you are a standard of excellence. I'm telling you today, just know that you mothers, you women of God, you are, you are a standard of excellence. And I salute you today. Amen. Now, as you all know, I've been promoted to grandma. It's my first. <laughs> I'm a grandma. So Proverbs 17, 6 says that grandchildren are the crown of the age. Oh, boy. All I know that um, my little Nia is my pride and joy. And um, you know what? This is funny. I read somewhere that grandchildren are God's reward for not killing your children when they were teenagers. And I'm like, I couldn't help you more with that. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so being a grandparent is a blessing. You know, I get to see a second generation and I said, thank you, Jesus. Because even though, even before Nia got here, I started praying for my grandchildren. I started praying for them. I knew that someday my children will become parents and will, they, they will have family of their own. So I started then praying because, because of what I've learned being a mom, you know, because she talked about the neighborhood. You know, the funny thing is I was thinking about fantasy life. Because becoming a mom, I did not know what was waiting for me. I had that dream that when I have my little family, they were going to, they were going to be like little children, little obedient children, <laughs> you know, and you dress them up, you tell them to go here and they'll go there, you go here, they'll go and go there, they'll go. No, until I had a reality check. Knowing what I know now, when I was preparing to be a mom, I would have been on my knees praying and fasting night and day because I have been through it and I'm still going through it because you never stop being a mother, no matter how old they are. I do know now that I grow wiser and most importantly, I have the Holy Spirit living in me. So I understand now we are living in crisis mode. It's a war out there. So we need to be prepared we need to be trained and train. When I say train, it's by training our minds, reading the word of God and stand on the word of God because I'm, I'm still learning, you know? And of course, you know, as parents, you know, we have lots of sleepless nights and anxious days and because we know that we have to pray day and night. And I also learned to be on the defense as well as on, on the offense. 
that means that you must stay in your prayer, li prayer life. Yes. Yes. Staying in your prayer life. We cannot give that up. So growing up, you know, myself, I didn't have the influence of a grandmother in my life. My paternal grandfather, um, grandmother passed when my father was a young child. And my maternal grandmother uh, passed shortly after she came to live with us. So I was about like five years old. I do remember what she looked like, but we didn't get a chance to bond. The only grandparent figure in my life was my grandfather. And I have to say that um, till today, I know that this man had left a legacy of love, value, and a strong family foundation in my life. And I would like to pass that on also to my grandchildren, because I know that's important. That's really uh, structured my life. So even today, when we get together, we always talk about the memories uh, that we shared of him. Um, it is a privilege you know, to watch my children becoming parents. Now they get to raise their own children and, have, and they, have, they get to have the opportunity to make their own mistakes and learn as they grow together. The only thing you know, I'm enjoying now as grandparents, I have the opportunity to provide a taste of a different feel at a much slower speed, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and more time to delight in the mere pleasures of life with my little grandchild. You know, I have the right to be silly, right, Pastor G? We have the right to be silly, playful, and have as much fun as we want, you know, and minus the everyday responsibility. So that's a good thing. <laughs> that's a good thing. So as a grandmother, I understand, and of course, you know, my daughter knows, she talked about it also, we bond head, you know, we bought heads all the time. So I understand my role is not to interfere. It is, however, to encourage, Amen. to counsel as requested, right? <laughs> and try to provide the right balance of independence and support and support for them. Now, when I was doing research about grandparents from a uh, spiritual aspect, I looked in the Bible, uh, looked through the Bible. There, 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 there are very few grandmothers, you know, mentioned in the Bible, you know, and I was surprised. Some of them were very wicked. And yeah, and some of them, by God's grace, left behind great examples for us to follow. So the most remar remarkable ones were Lois and Naomi. You know, Lois was Timothy's grandmother, and she is she's the one that I picked today. So we're all familiar with the ministry of Timothy through Paul's letter. You know, Paul, Paul's uh, acknowledged the influence of Lois on Timothy's life. Second Timothy uh, chapter one, verse five says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your, in your mother, Eunice. And I am persuaded now lives in you also. From what I understand that Lois was a spirit-filled, faith-believing, gospel-living woman. Being born into the Jewish faith, she understood what it means to love the Lord with all her heart, with all her soul, and with all her strength. This lady had devoted her life to meditating in the book of the law day and night and to, ob and to observe and do according to what it is written. According, uh, that was Joshua uh, chapter 1, 8. 
So she must have been a woman who studied the scriptures diligently and has been anxiously waiting for the coming of the Messiah. From what we know, she lived an exemplary Christian life and she modeled her faith so that all who know her could see Christ in her. She probably sat under the teaching of Paul and became acquainted with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because we know that she became one of the charismatic missionaries who work alongside Paul and especially in her household. Now we know in every um, household has its own challenge. I have my own challenge and I'm still going through my challenges with my children, with those that are living with me. Now, when it comes to, when it comes to raising children, um, we have a lot of things you know, to figure out. Like my daughter said that she's figuring them out now. But Lois, what I realized I was faced with the challenge of raising a young daughter. In the, in the Jewish household, there are many rules and guidelines you know, to follow. So marriage outside the Jewish faith was not acceptable. But however, this young lady decided she was going to break all the rules and follow her own path. And that path lead, leads her, led, led her to the arm of a uh, Gentile Greek. Among all, you know, when you think about it, and then that's why, you know, uh, uh, all of us parents, you know, most of us parents, let me say most of us parents are going through, this young lady knows that she was not supposed to marry, uh, to marry outside the Jewish faith. But among all the nice Jewish boys in the neighborhood, she had decided she was going to marry a Greek Gentile. Now, to make matters worse, this young lady, the child that she had was not circumcised as a baby, according to the Mosaic law. On top of that, she gave him a Greek name, Timothy, which came from the Greek uh, Timotheus, meaning honoring God. Now, I can see that maybe the father has something to do with that. But what I see from that, you know, the, the name uh, Timotheus means honoring God. This is how God turned things around. What the devil meant for evil, God will turn it around. Because you can see God's hands was already on Timothy's life. Even though Eunice, you know, has chosen to go another way, but God's hands was on Timothy's life, as well as Eunice, as we can see later. So poor Timothy, from what I see, that had to be circumcised as a young man because of uh, the religious pressure of this era, or that era. In all the chaos and confusion, what could a mother do? Louise could have distanced herself from her daughter. I'm sure she felt dishonored, discouraged. You know, we uh, discussed this morning uh, uh, during Bible school, you know, the problem in the church and when uh, the children do something wrong and uh, the parents uh, get blamed. Right, so I'm sure Lois went through the same thing because her daughter went and married somebody, um, somebody outside of the Jewish faith. But she, I mean, she probably thought that she had failed. She had failed in her uh, religious teaching, you know, but she chose to put on the mind of Christ. She did not play the victim. She knew in Christ she was a victor. So she courageously, uh, courageously chose to stand firm in her faith 
and inner love for her daughter through it all. Right there in her home, she lived out her calling and became a life changer for the new generation. I can see her reading, studying, and meditating on the scriptures. Through the studying scriptures, through her work and her deeds, she carefully passed down her wisdom and her faith to her daughter and her grandson. I can see Lois, you know, uh, reading the, the scripture to Timothy as a young child, telling him stories of God's wonders, telling him the story of Passover, telling him the story how God saved the people from the, from the hands of Pharaoh, how they crossed uh, the, the Red Sea, how God fed them manna. I can see, you know, I can picture Lois, you know, telling uh, Timothy all these uh, stories. A child is not too young to start learning. The younger you start, the better it is. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Proverbs 22, 6. As evidence, we see that Eunice opened her heart to the gospel of Christ. Just like her mother, she became a woman of great faith and passed on her Christian heritage to her son, who became one of the ordained ministers who work alongside Paul to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that gives us faith. When a child starts acting up, if you know that you have trained that child in the way he should go, hang on to the word of God. Don't let go. Stand on the word of God and wait patiently for God to work on your behalf and on behalf of that child. So that's my, my hope. As a grandparent, you know, I find myself reflecting on the impact you know, I will live um, of my life, I will live for my grandchildren. Now, I'm hoping that somehow I will project a Christ-like influence that will impact the future generations. Because I know that the greatest gift a mother can give to a child or a grandchild is to introduce, introduce that, that child to Jesus and train the child in the word of God. Lois to her life reminds us to live out her faith every day and diligently educate and train the next generation. She also reminds us to put on the mind of Christ as we go through life, facing our struggles and challenges, and also patiently wait on God to move because God will definitely move. That is a promise of God. As grandparents, we have a second chance to do it over again. But this time, we want to do it wiser. We can, we can model a firm understanding of scripture that can be passed on to, from generation to generation. So my prayer really today is to live an heritage of faith for my grandchild by sharing my testimonies of God's faithfulness of his goodness, of his strength, and of his power in my life. Because I realize at this stage of my life, there is nothing more important than a relationship with Jesus. Because if my grandchild is gonna become, is gonna be, is gonna be successful, his, her, her success is highly depend on a relationship with the creator through Jesus Christ. Amen? Yeah. Amen.
grandmothers. Hallelujah. <laughs> she, she's funny. She said, she come here, come here, come here, come here. <laughs> she's like her, her daughter. She says, ah, she's all little. I don't know anything yet. <laughs> Grandparenthood, the moment they come out, it's like, ah. It's so exciting. Thank you, Mom. I love you. So the words of encouragement for grandparenthood is so wonderful. <laughs> it's so wonderful. And I, I know I've been a grandparent for, hmm, I'm going to say 20 years. And it's a beautiful experience from the first moment they take that breath. It's like, ooh, ah. And you know you don't have to, you know, continue they go, you know, continue. You're not the main one that's responsible for this child. So it's different, but it's beautiful. It's a joy that just bubbles from within. And no matter how old the grandchildren get, they still, you know, feel that joy as you did when they were first born, at least for me. <laughs> so thank you both for sharing the motherhood the grandparenthood, the grandmotherhood. And it's a wonderful thing. And I pray that everyone gets the chance, the moment, the chance, the opportunity to experience the grandparenthood. It's a beautiful thing. So I just want to pray for us that we can remember that our children, whether they are sons, our sons, our daughters, no matter how old they get, that we are still praying what God wants, not what we want. Um, no matter how young or how old they are, we are constantly praying. Our job is to lead them to the Lord. Give them Christ. Because some things in me, I don't want them to even see. I don't want to see it. So we have to continue to remember that they are gifts from God and that we want to give them, give them back to him and train them the way he desires. So Father, we thank you for each mother here, each grandmother, each aunt, each teacher. Father God, each person that has a part in nurturing and caring for another child, Lord God. Father God, we just ask you to strengthen each and every one of us, Lord God. We ask you, Lord God, to help us to take ourselves out of the way by, as Minister Cassia said, dealing with our own stuff so that we don't pour that stuff into them, that we can continue to pour love and joy and peace and happiness into them and the word of God that they can grow because we want them to know who you are for you are the most important thing in life. So Father God, we ask you for your strength. We ask you for your, um, your peace that as we go and do what you have called us to do, that we will be successful because we draw our strength from you every moment, every day. Father God, we just thank you for mothers. We thank you, Lord God, for them taking time out to come to your house and to give you thanks for allowing them to be mothers. So thank you, Lord. We praise and we magnify you in Jesus' name.